Hey, welcome to episode 53 of the Gig Life Podcast. I am your host, Stevie Taylor. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Nice to see you. Um, I hope you can uh, stick around. Now, uh, I just want to mention uh, my website. Uh, that's www.thegiglifepodcast.com. Um, go check that out. It's got all the episodes on there, um, all the social links, the ways to share the podcast, all the different ways that you can listen to the podcast. Um yeah, really sort of simple, simple website-y type stuff. So yeah, go check that out. Now the last couple of weeks have been pretty cool. Um, a couple of weeks ago, myself, Johnny Adams, Dave Ferry, Kerry Buchanan and the great Louis Shelton um, recorded the the um, sessions for the Gig Life Podcast Spotlight Jeff Picaro um, episode. Now if you don't know who Louis Shelton is, um, go Google that guy, man. You know, he was part of the Wrecking Crew and he's played with Lionel Richie and um, he actually played uh, on the Silk Degrees album for Boz Skaggs with Jeff Picaro. So it was a real trip talking to him. Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy that episode or episodes. Um, yeah, that's enough of my waffle for today. Yeah, sit back and enjoy this episode. So, right, cheers. Getcha. My guest today is Chris Cook. Originally from New Zealand, now living in Sydney, Cookie is a singer, frontman, guitarist, booking agency owner, band owner and manager. From his early days in Sydney as a front of house sound engineer to booking agency manager for bands such as One Hit Wonders, Jelly Bean Jam and Seattle Sound, to tour manager for Elton Jack, a tribute to Elton John, and he was also co-founder of the Sydney juggernaut band Funkstar whose lineup over the years has included a host of Australia's finest singers and musicians, with a bunch of them having actually been guests on this podcast. Um, these days, Cookie stays busy with his bands The Chosen Few and also the Australian Trilogy Show. Now, a few years ago, Chris became very ill and required a couple of emergency surgeries, which resulted in a couple of years of serious health issues, months in hospital. Um, but during the times he was out of hospital... He was up on the stage giving it his all, and, and you would never have known. Um, he's fully recovered now, which is great news. So glad to be able to sit down with Cookie and, and talk about his remarkable story, the highs, the lows, the important things in life. So really inspiring stuff. So ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Chris Cook. Cheers. Right, I think we're rolling. Chris think, Cook. I think we're rolling. I think we're rolling. Cookie, how are you, man? <laughs> Good, bro. Yeah, nice. I've, um, ma- I've made it. You've made it, man. Thanks <laughs> Thanks for coming out to my studio. Thank and, you for having me, um, Pleasure. Been looking forward to meeting you. And, likewise, yeah. likewise. Yeah, you, do well, a great, you do a great job. Thank you, man. Yeah. 
So before we sort of dig into the um, the nuts and bolts of things, um, your the the couple of things or well, the few things that you're currently involved in is the Chosen Few. Yep. Yep. Which is one of which is one of your bands. Yep. The yep. Australian one of the cover, cover bands. Yep. yep. And Australian trilogy show. The trilogy show concepts. Yep. Yeah. Which is uh, Australian trilogy is the one that's been rolling for the last year or two. Yep. Uh, tribute. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. you also have your own agency. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little boutique agency that I've yeah, cool. had running for the last sort of ten years since I left um, Southbeat, one of the other yep. sort of agencies that uh, were running covers for for years. Yep. Um, still yeah. going too, Southbeat. Still going. Yeah, they're yep. still going. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. they're doing the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So how did the how did the um, the the chosen few thing come about? Hmm. Um, or, or do well, we need to delve? Oh back? no, no, no! Oh. I mean, basically, I, I I'd stopped playing for about five or six years. Um, uh, whilst I was at Southbeat, you know, I was still playing there and, and, and you know managing bands and booking bands and and um, you know it was it was pretty full on there for many years and and uh, this is back in the heyday too. Yeah, eh? well, this yeah. is ninety five, right? To, and I think I left there two thousand and two thousand and six. 2007, something yeah, like I pl- that. Yeah, I played in a couple of couple of early Southbeat bands. Yeah, um, yeah. Circus Animals called Chisel Show. Okay, yeah, I yep. remember them. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep, absolutely. Um, I think Harding was the... Harding might have been, or Dale, actually. Dale Jenner might have been the agent may, for that. May, maybe you're been. right, yeah. yeah, yeah and the yep. other one was the A-Team. Oh, with, with yeah, Clay. with Clay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I was... Uh, so I was... Uh, well, initially doing a lot of the tribute bands, booking all them, but then I was the agent with I was you know one hit wonders agent and, yep. and um, Jelly Bean Jam's agent yep. with, with Andy Curryopolis there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, did a, a thing called Retromania, which was a yep. you know eighties concept. There we did that for four years. We did um, I know we ended up doing something like eight hundred shows with that band over Fuck. over a short period, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, yeah, so I had a roster of you know a roster of you know fifteen to twenty odd acts that I was responsible for, and mm. uh, the agency at that time had you know we probably had about seventy eighty bands you know yeah, there was right. a lot of acts there we had there, yep. um, and you know probably forty fifty venues back in the heyday yeah, there yeah. when when there were a lot more venues obviously you yep. know, uh, but yeah so I actually. I was playing and, and, and being an agent and managing bands and, and, and put a few bands together, Funk Star being one of them, mm. which became a bit of a, a monster in its own right. Yep. Um, and then I ended up just uh, – I lost my parents during that time. They both sort of died in, in a short space of time and and uh, I kind of lost my mojo a bit for a while and I ended up leaving the agency and sort of – Sorry, t- were your mum and dad still in New Zealand? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, just sort of – had to take a bit of a sideways step and I just took took a couple of bands that I owned home and, and just sort of bowed out for a little while and I, I actually stopped playing. I was just basically being the agent and managing and stuff and I, uh, so I, I stopped playing, stopped performing. Mm. So about for probably six years and uh, then 2013 I just sort of woke up one day singing and just thought, well, I better do something about this and mm. so it was like, Pick up the bat phone and call the you know <laughs> pull, call the old old boys back and uh, and get them involved and and put a band together and uh, and we did and and kind of you know got off and running again with that and 
which, you know, that keeps him busy. I'm doing, still doing solo stuff and duos and, you know, whatever there is. You just go and do the gigs. And, and The Chosen Few is something that's, you know, um, busy when it wants to be, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then we do the other shows around all that sort of stuff. And mm. um, So, yeah, that's, that's where all that kind of spawned from. Mm. Um, initially that was uh, with uh, Mark Marriott, drummer, mm. a footy show house band. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the Nevilles, the, Nevilles, the footy yeah. show band, yep. the Nevilles, yeah, yeah. So I had him in, in a chair for a, a while doing that, which was, you know, a, a good thing. And, uh, and my mate Joe, who, uh, who's still with me today with that band and with the trilogy show mm-hmm. and, and uh, the bass player. Bass um, player. And then a bunch of everybody. Dave Sleeshman was, was drumming with us oh, for a he? while there. Sleeshy, cool. yeah, yeah. And, and he's on uh, the thing now. He's on the great thing. Man, yeah. they're, they're killing it with Absolutely. that, that, that show. Oh, you can't go wrong with that stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Literally can't go wrong. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I was saying to him, I mentioned something to him a while back and I said, look, I noticed there's a few of those 80 shows yeah. starting to sort of copy or do their own thing, but he says, yeah, yeah we got the special ingredients, he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, they've got good support, good management yeah. and backing and, and they've spent money on it and that's what you've got to do. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And they've done, yeah. they've done well. And yeah, what's, so, what's great about... Their thing too is they they really focus on their um, social media as well. Absolutely, the, con- the content you have to, you know, yeah, you showing to. pictures of that really old eighties memorabilia stuff and yep. and little shots of movies and stuff, and you Absolutely. get real nostalgic. It and engages. You want to go and watch an eighties show. Absolutely, you know? it's f- fantastic. And you want to dress up and do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we're finding that even with Australian trilogy. You yeah. know, it's you know, which is oils. Uh, gurus, credit house, a little bit of split ends. Yep. Which, which people get a bit. Annoyed about because it's not Australian. It's all good, <laughs> but uh, you know we get the same thing. People are like, "Oh, well, you know, it's taking us back to the '80s," and you know we play a lot around the Shire and and right. uh, uh, what well, we play everywhere. But the Shire seems to be a little bit of a stomping ground for us. And right, you know, everyone... so apart, sorry. So just talking about the Shire. So apart from the Caring Bar, yep, um, and there's the bowling club there, and what other yeah, venues? Yeah. Well, uh, sort of uh, well Gaimea Hotel, oh, the Gaimea Hotel um, the, we play at the Cronulla Golf Club. Right. Um, and we do like, the Brass Monkey every so often, which yeah, is right. a great intimate room, yep, as yep. you probably know. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've sold that out a few times, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's not really hard to do when it's such a small room. But, right. you know, you've got to have the right sort of show for it. We're actually doing New Year's Eve there. Um, oh, this year? Coming up this year. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's still, you know, there's Menai and there's, um, uh, you know, there's still, a, there's still a few of the hotels doing stuff. Mm. But there's Cronulla, the Cronulla hub is actually pretty, pretty good for, for entertainment. Yep. There's all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, Northies, you know, it's still a, Northies is what it is. Yep. It, it's still got, you know, th- uh, three or four nights a week of, you know, solos, duos going on yep. in there. And they've got the DJ in the club there. And, yep. You know, there's plenty going on down and that El part Sol of the world. And Soul as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that that's, that's still, go- that's yeah, still yeah. doing what it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's yeah, mm, awesome. It's, it's happy down there. Yeah. Cool, yeah. man. All right, man. Let's um, let's throw back to the beginning. Right. So you're you're born in New Zealand. Yeah, yep. born in Auckland. Yeah, born in yep. Auckland. Yep. yep. And then you were there till you were one. Yeah. Good just, times. Yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah. <laughs> remember it well. Good, good, gaga. Yeah, and then go. you're out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 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 I remember all those mornings sucking on buzz bars. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so where we... are my mellow puffs? Oh, I way? know, right? What? I was thinking what? of bringing all that stuff, and what no. did I do? Nothing. We, no, we I could think have I told shared... you not to. <laughs> we, could, we could have shared a can of L and P. Yeah, sweet. 
Um, yeah, so my, my dad moved to, well, he got transferred with his job down to Wellington. So we, I moved, I sort of did my early childhood, childhood down there and, um, uh, and then started, I, I became a drummer as yep. uh, we were just chatting upstairs about yeah. that. Um, and funnily enough, we've established you and I both had the same, same drum, drum shooter. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Mr. Got, Norman Gadd. Norman yep, Gadd. From the yep. Norman Gadd. What he used to call his uh, I can't remember what percussion it was. studio. Percussion studio. Yeah. He was, uh, he was uh, one, of the, one of the lead percussionists with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 30 yeah. ideas, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I don't even. I'm, I, sh- I don't know whether he's even still around. No, no, he died. Okay, 2012. Right. Oh, that's a shame. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you obviously looked that up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good work. Yeah. Well, uh, I've always been fascinated yeah. with where my old teachers are up to. And I actually linked up with another one of my old teachers who I'm chatting to in a few weeks. Yep. Um, so um, Lance Phillip, his name is. He's okay. from Wellington as well. Okay, right, yeah. right, He used right. to travel up from uh, Wellington to Masterton once a week and teach me at school. Right, right, So we've right. just reconnected now. So oh, yeah, he's yeah. Be on the Small show, world. So. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we're talking a little bit about Norman... Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a he was a hard ass man. He was a taskmaster. You know, he I was. Don't, that you know, I was I was there for probably twelve months. Yeah, and yeah, like we were saying, never got to sit in his drum kit. No, we just looked at it. and We went, just looked. Just, <laughs> just want to get and hit that kick drum once, yeah, just to feel yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember that drum kit to be it was an old Remo drum kit, and it was like veneer. Yep. Veneer finish. Yep. Um, Sabian sound control uh, symbols. Yeah, real deal stuff. They're always like yeah. there to like hit, you know, and yeah, nah, nah, you just, just stand at my snare just, drum while he sat down there in his little. Yeah, looking drool. <laughs> yeah, looking and drooling at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, little, yeah, your left hand's a little weak. You haven't been yeah. practicing. Well, that was it. We'd walk in with our practice pads, and it would be you know paradiddles and yeah. four stroke roughs that's and. It. Read those beats, yeah. But yeah, yeah. One, the, yeah, the one thing I got is I did learn all the rudiments. Yeah, which, it was very which good. Which is at great. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. and like I was saying to you, I was probably um, oh geez, like 14, 15, 16, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I didn't really want to practice, you know. I used to because we we used to drive. My dad used to after work. We used to drive from Masterton to Johnsonville, which is probably about an hour and a half, yeah, hour forty five yeah. minutes yeah. on a Tuesday night, and um. You know, Dad would just either sit in the car or go around up to a mate's place while I yeah. was in there, and yeah. God knows how much it was costing them. But we would come home, and I wouldn't really practice. You know, because yeah. at that age, you just want to you wanted just party with my bash. friends exactly. And, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just smack yeah. the drums. That's there. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played. Yeah, so I played drums for a little while, and yep. you know, school bands and and all that sort of stuff. And yep. Um, what was your musical influences? What were you listening oh, to? Oh, back then. Well, mm. God, this is you know, this is you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac and, and oh, cool. Tom Petty, and um, you know, I was I was a, a, a big lover of all the Aussie bands back then. Even you know, um, uh, but still a lot of the rock and roll stuff. My dad was um, my ba- my dad was a guitar player. He was in a band called the Del Rios. Yeah. Back in the day, there, but playing around Auckland, so it was all that kind of rock and roll stuff that was always played in our household. Um, and he he used to play alongside, you know, Ray Columbus and the Invaders, and uh, you know, all that sort of cool stuff. Um, so yeah, an array of different stuff. But when I, I, we moved to Auckland, and um, you know, again, school bands and whatever, and um, I was still playing. Still playing drums? Still playing drums, yeah, yeah. But I would always have a sing, right? I could I, okay. I, I could fudge my way through on guitar and whatever, but I was the drummer. And then uh, got involved with a band and um, 
I met a guy where I was I had a day job and I was was working there and he uh, they were from West Auckland and um they'd already done some uh, recording stuff and with their original band and so I got playing with them and we did demos and um and all that sort of stuff and I'd played drums on the demos and then we kind of nothing kind of came from it then out of the blue we got a, a deal with Pagan Records um to do uh to do a single and um we didn't have a singer. So I ended up doing the recording for the single, playing drums, and then all of a sudden here's me, you know, in front of the mic singing the tracks. Of course. And I sort of became, that was my transition into becoming sort of a singer from there. Right. Um, and we, you know, we did a, a, a good good amount of shows around the country and did some good supports with, you know, Hello Sailor and... Um, uh, Dave McCartney from the from the Pink Flamingos and and all those sorts of acts and uh, a little bit of airplay with BFM back then yep. if you remember BFM in Auckland there and um, uh, what was it called Two ZM which mm-hmm. was like that Triple M network yep. back then yep. uh, so this is this is early mid eighties I guess um, so yeah so I'd already always played drums but mm-hmm. then I I kind of transitioned away away from it right, and okay, it's so very rare that I'll play now unless yeah, right. I'm, I like to get a sound check in sometimes I'll jump right. jump on whoever's playing with us as kit and maybe well that's have a that's little, cool yeah that's yeah, good having that, that yeah that skill you know? absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. but I kind of miss it you know it's right. like it's always that power you feel when you you know you feel that kit kick in yeah especially through a good PA system there's yeah. nothing like it right it. but then yeah. there's the lug Oh no! Bugger that! Put your guitar in a bag and walk yeah, away. yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. He says while in the back of his car right now is half a PA system for a solo. Oh right, okay, this afternoon. Go. But yeah, right. look, yeah, fair enough. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. So when you decide to be a singer, was it? Did you try and sing and play drums at the same time, or was the decision made? Yeah, to... I'd done a bit of that, a bit of backing yep. vocals, but not leading no, no, the no, song. Once, yeah, once you was. Started singing with oh this, yeah that was no, just that was it oh, no I need that to be was the singer. it I'd go out the front then yeah okay and we had drummers so we got a drummer mm. in and and when we played live I'd just front it yeah. yeah so that kind of became I became a front man I was yeah that was it I'd, I'd front everything I did from then on in and um uh, and then even with the, the chosen few I'd, I'd probably I could always play some guitar and stuff as you know uh, but even when that whole lineup changed I. Um, I realised, oh well, instead of getting another guitar player, and I'll just, I'll, I'll be the guitarist. So I've, you know, worked pretty hard at sort of being able to do that now, and and um, I wouldn't say I'm a fantastic guitar player, right. but, but I'm absolutely, you know, I'm good enough to you do, do what I need to it, do, man. and I, and I, you know, and you're doing a lot of it, so absolutely, you're yeah, doing okay. yeah, doing all of it, yeah, yeah. absolutely, fantastic. yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So, uh, so that's always good, you know, being able to. Do it all, yep. you know, and yep. and uh, certainly a bit more cost effective as well, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. okay, so how? When did this? Um, so what was the name of the? Sorry, what was the name of the band that you got the got the deal with to do the single? Oh, so uh, well, before I joined, well, as I joined, they were called Chinese Eyes. Yep, which is you know a bit of a play on words, um, and actually became uh, the Lonesome Cowboys. Okay. is what the band actually was called. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, which, you know, we used to, people used to think, oh, you're a country band. And it's like, well, yeah. well we weren't a country band at all. Um, That's how it sounded to me. Yeah, right? totally. <laughs> well, it was actually, um, uh, it was, I think it was from a war, an Andy Warhol movie. Right. Um, 
from what I remember. So there was something arty around it. Uh, but I think that got missed on a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what that was called. And then uh, I ended up um, moving to uh, to Perth uh, and left that band and I went and did a, a degree in audio engineering at SAE in Perth there. And, mm. um, okay, so let's stop there for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reason of, for leaving New Zealand was to go and do that that degree in Perth? Well, it, or was it, it just was time part to get of out? it? Well, it was time to get out. I'd already asp- or always aspired to kind of okay. get out of that, you know, comfort sort of zone of, of just playing around in Auckland. And I yep. and I was always like a big fan of Australia. And I'd been here a few times. I had some family here. Yep. And uh, uh, a girlfriend that I was seeing at the time, she was um, doing a BA in musical theatre at. Um, the uh, Western Australian Performing Arts Academy right. in, in Perth. And okay. so I, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll move over with, you know, t- t- to her and, and while I'm there I'll do, do uh, the degree at SAE. Right. And um, for, whilst, for audio engineering. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so yep. whilst that's, I, that's studio in front of house stuff? Uh, well, no, whole, it was whole... very little live stuff. It was, oh, all, right, okay. it was so all, all studio, studio stuff. Yeah, yeah awesome. all studio stuff mm-hmm. back then. And um, this was all still back in the days of Analog, even, yeah. it was all analog. It was well, all tape, yeah. well, digital was there, but yeah, it was tape. Yeah. It was tape. I remember even doing um, doing the exam. We'd, we'd you know you're, you're cutting up yeah. tape and splicing yeah. it together awesome. like it was back in those days. Mm. Um, did a lot a bit of stuff with MIDI and um, there was certainly no Pro Tools back then. It yep. was you know yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was was Perth, and then uh, actually ended up um, meeting a guy who actually was one of the original bass players with One Hit Wonders, a, a guy called Zach Wilson. And he he was in Perth and he'd worked at Southbeat for a few years and he ended up in Perth and we actually, he was, he was, uh, did an ad for uh, looking for a, a singer for a 70s disco band, which I uh, answered the ad to and so basically became the singer in that show band. Still w- in Perth. W- in Perth, yeah. yeah. Wigs and flares and the whole awesome. shebang. Mm. And uh, and he had sort of was, you know, starting a little agency and they'd tour some bands over from, from the eastern states and that sort of stuff. So I started working with him and we put a roster of acts together and um, uh, all sorts of different stuff, mm. some tribute bands, just party bands, whatever. And So that was sort of my little introduction into the world of booking and, and becoming sort of agent um, aware. Um so I'd had all that going on, and then, uh, and then, as I said, the, the girl I was seeing at the time, she she was an actor, and she'd got an agent in Sydney. So we were either going to go to Sydney or, or Melbourne, and it didn't didn't really bother me. I'd, I'd done my SAE course, and that had all finished up. How long was, was that for? Um, I think it was only it was it was twelve months. It was only a twelve months. It's only short, right? But you do you go two days a week. Yep. And. Um, and so I was doing that and working with, you know, Zach's agency and then playing and all the rest of it. So anyway, she moved, we moved to Sydney and um, I'd started doing some live sound here um, and knew of Southbeat back then because of obviously the guy in Perth mm. and um, contacted them but there was sort of nothing much going on. So, But I ended up doing a lot of live sound for a lot of the Southbeat bands. Right, so, so how, did, of, how did you get that? Um, I think I just... There was, some your... ads. Uh, there was some oh, ads. There were some ads for right. some people. A guy called Tony Jex um, was running um, PAs, and I'd I'd go and do the you know pick up rigs and all that sort of stuff. And a guy called John Perez um, 
I don't know whether you remember him from from years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he well, he was Jelly Bean Jams front of house guy for a long long time. Anyway, he he he'd have two or three trucks and and rigs and mm. big big gear and mm. stuff, and you'd go and do one man loads. And I remember getting you know I didn't even have a car back then. I'd I'd get the you know train into the city from Marrickville or whatever and. And then get a bus from the city to La Perouse, where he had his 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 house and the warehouse with trucks, and load the truck, and then go to bloody the you know Birkenhead Tavern or mm. you know wherever you know Wentworthful Leagues or wherever you'd take your rigs and do the bands and sweat your ass off doing yeah, all man. of that, and then load it all back in. So when the drive, gear was really heavy, big heavy gear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you drive it all home back to his his place at you know one or two o'clock in the morning, and then pretty much. Find call your way home call again. a cab and yeah, right. spend half your money that you just made that night in a cab to get right. home. And, so how, how was the money? Know. Oh, God, I can't even remember now. Yeah, right. can't, I can't remember. It but, wasn't a lot. You wouldn't yeah. get a lot. Maybe right. you'd get 150 bucks to operate, you know, something like that. I don't yeah. know. That's, you got me thinking there. What was yeah. I thinking? <laughs> but we do it all, right? You we do, do it, all yeah. that. That's did right. all that. Anyway, so then I transitioned. There was a, a position came up at Southbeat, one of the uh, – one of the other other agents left there, and um, a lovely gentleman called Paul McGovern, who'd been there with with Southbeat for many years. He moved on, and I, I kind of picked up from him, and um, and uh, started booking all sorts of bands there, and um, ended up being there for twelve years. Right. Became the agency manager there for the last few years of that, and um, was great. Right. It was a great grounding. Got a lot of contacts. I'm yeah. you know still uh, able to. Do what I do now, which is you know based a lot on all that network that I've, yeah, course, I yeah. I um, forged over those years and mm. been fortunate enough to do what I did yeah. and and still do what I do now. And yeah. A lot of it's due to that. So um, yeah, yeah, pretty fortunate. So what made you think that you could could be an agent? I probably I phrased that wrong. It made me sound like what? Who the fuck do you think you were? No, no, you know I still what I mean. don't know. I have no idea. Oh, you know, going going from a you know playing a band and then you know doing front of house sound, doing it all. I guess. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, I think there's always this weird scenario where a lot of musos go, oh, agents, they, you know, they they don't know what they're doing, and they, you know, it used to be that whole thing. Oh, they're, they're just failed musicians, and it's right. like, well, I was actually a musician. Sort of always, um, and there were certainly were times where I, I, I wasn't, and I really had the agent hat on firmly, and I was managing and you know running a lot of different acts and all the rest of it. But um, uh, but always a musician. So I think having that whole scope of knowledge and and coming from all angles, you know, and having enough experience from being, you know, having to do the the blood, sweat, and tears as a musician. But also being on the other side of the fence. Being, Thinking I can do a fucking good job of this. Well. Mm. Uh, give it a crack anyway, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, you know, I never really looked at myself as um, becoming an agent. It just was something that was offered to me and I'd had enough um, kind of uh, foots in the door that I thought, okay, I'll do, I'll, I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, stuff spawns. From from all of that, and um, you know, you gain confidence. It's hard when I remember the first couple of weeks sitting in that chair as an agent, and uh, um, one of the other partners in Southbeat was in his his office, and, and he kept, you know, he'd be cracking that whip. You know, here's your here's your call list. 
Yeah, you know, right. you've got to tick off your calls and you've got to call all these venues and hustle and hustle and hustle. Yeah, right. And uh, that's that's a hard thing to click into. Sales, you know, sales. Sales, yeah. It's sales. Yeah, we were talking about that before. Exactly. <laughs> it's not something um, I can do. <laughs> no, and I, you know what? I, I could do it and I did it, but it never really sat that comfortable with me, you know. Um, and I still have to do it, you know, of today. Course, of course. You know, you've got to sell what you do. Um, but anyway, I mean, I, I've still, I, I feel like I've come full circle with that a little bit because mm-hmm. I, as much as I still have my, my, my little boutique agency and a handful of acts and primarily me performing and, and the shows that I do is, yep. is most of the income I'm doing now. Yep. There's a bunch of other stuff, annually, some corporate clients and there's a few things that I'll, I'll do and there's other, a few other bands and stuff I'll, I'll look after and whatever. But ideally it's, it's, it's me playing, um, and I've simplified it now. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I mean, when you're doing, when you're working for yourself, you can simplify it. Yeah. I think um, the whole being in a big agency and 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 uh, you know you're responsible for so much. Um, you, it's quite a unique person that can can cope with that. Mm-hmm. And I and I did do it, but I got I, I definitely got burnt out after mm. many years. Mm. All right. So, some who were some of the bands you were looking after? And, so, what, and what were those sort of – what were the challenges? Well, you know um, – Apart from, you know, having to tick off your – The off call your list, list and, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you're dealing with uh, a lot of competitors, you know. There's, there was yeah, – right. back then – I mean, they're still around today. There's the Sphere Organisation. There's Peak Promotions. Um, there's, you know, there's still a, still a lot of these agencies still out and about doing what they do. Um, but, you, you know, you're competing. Um, you you know, you've got a big roster of acts and you've got other agencies with big roster of acts too and you're all trying to, um, you know, compete for dates and the big thing back then was venues. You know, if you had a lot of venues, well, then, you know, you, you had a lot of, lot of power. Um, right. But with that power would be pressure to, to maintain those venues. Well, And a- especially abs- if you're looking after so many other things, your eyes aren't always on. Well, this is true. The, and then ab- Absolutely. People just come in the back door and you're gone, you know. Well, that that will never change. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's that's going to always be there, and okay. that's that's I think just business. Right. Um, but you're right. You're right. You got to you know you got to have good acts. You got to service the venues. You got to be all things to all parts of it. Yeah. Um, which I think Southbeat as an agency were, were and we were good at um, back then. We were good at putting shows together. And you know, so you had managed concepts, and 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 you know, a lot of a um, lot of lot of good players and good promotional material. And again, even this this is before Facebook days, and yeah, you yeah. know, you know, um, this is when a lot of stuff was still hard copy. I mean, we'd do mail outs yep. by the hundreds yep. of printed bios and. Yep. Um, uh, you know, cassettes still. Yeah. I remember the, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then also and then having, to, having to ring in your gig guides as well. like Ring them up or yeah. fax them through to the Daily Telegraph and, and cross or the, your – Or drum media. Drum media. Just yeah. open drum media. And That's, yeah. Well, the yeah. drum media was was pretty much the Bible yeah, well, for an agent. Yep. So you'd sit there with the drum media with your highlighter pen. Yeah, well, that's, how, that's how I got into there Circus go. Animals called Chisel Show. There you go. I just yeah. saw it because I was playing in a – in an original band. Yep. And um, I just saw this ad. Yep. And I think it said Cold Chisel Show. And, I, and at, there you the, go. at the time, I, I probably only knew K-San. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So go I on. just, I just, I rang up 
and booked the time for this audition and then just yep. woodshed oh, I don't know how many songs. Yep. And um yeah, we went, went played played it and yeah, got the gig and it was, was yep. awesome, man. But see there's there's the ads, you see. There was exactly. those back two pages of the exactly. drum media where yep. any it, it, it's it's like I said, it was the Bible go to yep. for anything going on. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you know, like I said, with the gig guides, you'd, you'd send the gig guides in, and, and then you'd you'd wait there and go, well, is, is it gonna is it gonna get in the gig guides? You know? Oh right. Because it was a lottery a lot of the time. Oh, if your if your gigs got into the gig yeah guide. yeah oh, yeah. Shit. Now, of course, we would have. I mean, even with me, with some of the acts that I owned and managed at the time, we'd we'd spend you know we'd spend a fair bit of money annually on Actually, on on ads like you know to, gig, gig ads or here's the next run of shows for this band or this band or yeah, so th- they'd kind of favor you a little bit if you'd spend money because yeah, yeah. they were free listings they're yeah, all free listings. It, yeah it used to and you know with you saying that i do remember like seeing quite often it was the same yeah same yeah, bands yeah, yeah. And, and i mean the agencies would like i think they'd kind of favor those because it was run right instead of them getting 20 or 30 or 100 bands every week send one gig in or two gigs in, an right. agency sending a printed out list of 300 gigs. Yep. So they just pretty much cut and pasting that, I guess, and, or maybe they were data entry typing them. I don't know how they did it back yeah, then. Yeah. But, I mean, nowadays, well, as we know, it's a lot more quicker and simpler to do everything like that. You yeah, know? that's it. Facebook's its own agency, it is, right? Isn't it it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah but it's... Yeah. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to get your stuff seen on Facebook. Get, getting the traction, yeah, yeah so without, much content. without having to pay. You know, they got those algorithms sorted, oh, man. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's proven. You know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll do a bit of that for some of our shows, and you you time, you time them and you structure them, and you have the content, and you you get your right demographic and your locations, and um, and it does. It it it, it works. Yeah, mm. yeah. But you got to know. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. That's the hard thing, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Now, um, you got bit ill a few years back. Do you want to talk about oh, that? I did. Or? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 no problem. Sorry, I had to ask because yeah, no, thank uh, you. I've, yeah. I've asked people before and they started talking about it and then they've said, no, I don't I don't want to talk about it. So. Yeah, no, more more than happy to um, share all that. I'm, uh, it was, yeah, a pretty horrific kind of couple of years of uh, some plumbing issues. <laughs> Um, and uh, a couple of near-death experiences and some pretty severe surgeries and, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's – I got out of hospital for the last time February last year and um, I had had a few few times before that with many weeks in hospital and um, and it was definitely a struggle. don't know, this, you know, a lot of people might not kind of understand a lot of this, but I actually ended up having a what they call an, uh, an ileostomy bag. You've heard of people having colostomies and where you've got to have your, your bowel re- yep. redirected for a period of time. Well, mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. I actually ended up having have a perforation and it required these emergency surgeries. And Fuck. So I had uh, this ileostomy for, well, ended up being nearly two years and... Um, the first time around on that, you normally have that for six months, and they they go and they do what you call a what they call a reversal surgery of that, where while everything downstairs is healing, they uh, they you have this uh, bag for six months minimum, and uh, they go in and they reattach, and off you go again. And um, 
So the first six months was getting used to that life and I obviously had recovery on that, but I, I, I went back to performing. Oh, yeah, um, okay, good, yeah, awesome. Which, which, was, which was great, yeah, mm. and um, certainly an adjustment and, yeah, and right. very freaky and, um, you know, I was always a pretty kind of private person, you know, and to, for me to get on stage with that apparatus and oh, so be, be strapped in and, Right, yeah. so um, like I, I know about, I mean, I've worked with a guy who's just, he just got through a bout of, uh, bowel cancer. Yeah. And yeah. he had a cross me back. Yeah. You couldn't see yeah. it. Yeah, no. Well, you so, can't. So, yeah. same, oh, so, same thing. Oh, same thing. Okay, yeah, right. Because yeah, when you said getting used to, I just imagine you standing there with a guitar with this. No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> something hanging no, off. Oh, it's man. exactly the same. Okay, as, right. it's, it's the other. It's the, the uh, colostomy is um, for your lower bowel, right, your large okay. bowel. The right. ileostomy is, is for your small bowel. Right. And it's on the other side. So it's actually, it sits on the side where your guitar would sit if you're normal, a normal side oh, guitar right. player. And, and yeah, it attaches to you and, and, you know, that's how you sort of deal with all of that. But, uh, uh, but getting used to actually performing with that, um, I I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't eat on show days. I'd, I'd just basically have vitamin B's and drink a lot of fluids and, and, um, hope to God I wouldn't get a leak, uh, during the show, which actually never happened, which I was, you know, would always be incredibly paranoid about. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a pretty trying time. You know, the guys around me with the Australian Trilogy show were, were amazing during that and I had a lot of help and uh, my partner at the time, uh, she, she uh, was an enormous help. She'd drive me to shows, you know, she'd, she'd help me lug the gear, she'd plug, plug in pedal, pedal boards for me because it was hard for me to bend over and, and you know, just... But as soon as the lights would go on and the show would start, you, a punter would have no idea. You know, yeah. I just you just turn it on, you click into performance mode, and, and off you go. The build up to all of that show day stuff would be a bit weird for me, and I'd you know I'd lose the plot a few times, and mm. you know what, what am I doing? Like you know, obviously I'd, I'd work, I was working, I had to bring in the money, you know, that's what that was, and I I think I'm I'm grateful that that I did that, I'm grateful to myself that I did that because I think if I was just to sit at home and do nothing, yeah, or just be the agent and book and whatever, I would have gone, gone insane with it. But um, so the first six months, yeah, went in after that and, and had the, what they call the reversal surgery of that. And uh, that was okay but actually ten days later it failed. The, the, the reversal join uh, of the bowel actually failed. Fuck. So uh, had to go and have another open surgery and they had to do the same thing again. So I had to go around for another time with this this, oh, this bag. And um, that was like, Yeah, what's, okay. what's the headspace there? Oh, uh, well, can't I... Can't do this again. Can't do it again. Can't do it again. But did, had a lot, yeah. lot longer recovery. The second time around was a lot rough, more rough than the first time. And just the way that the the whole ileostomy was, was was not as good as the first time around. So it was, it was a lot more of a struggle. But, you know, I get, you, again, you get back up on that horse and you... Mm. You go and do your shows and um, a bit more adjustment and whatever. But, you know, I kind of got got through that and was just focused, always focused forward because, you know, a lot of people go through those issues and they'll lose faith. And when it comes to plumbing stuff, bowel, whatever, you know, it's unless you've experienced it, it's very, very hard to comprehend how difficult it actually is. Just 
personally. It's difficult to talk about. There's not a lot of support around. You get a bit of support from the therapists at the hospital and, and bits and pieces. But, uh, you know, it's – mine wasn't cancer and, you know, t- okay. touch wood and, yep. and, you know, very, very glad that it, and, and lucky that it wasn't a cancer-related issue. Right. Um, was a thing called diverticular. So yeah. mine was over many years I, right. I had some issues with that and then one day the, the part that had had the issues decided to rupture. Fuck. So if you've got other, any of those, all of my, my, my advice to anyone, this is all supposed to be about music, but we've gone, no, no, we've no. gone, we've no, gone no, into no. other sides. No, but, no, uh, but well, the, the, yeah, the, re, the reason I, I have asked and we're talking about it and you've basically said it is the fact that you still played. Absolutely. And yeah. You know, the show must and, go and, on. And the show must go on. Yeah. And for, you know, 95% of the, the punters out there that are watching you play have no idea. No. And, no, no. You know, and people will be quick to judge if someone is to make a mistake on, on stage. But you really don't know what that person's going through at that time. You, you, know? you, ha- you have no idea. And this, no is, idea. this is what ended up. And this up. is with everybody. That's right. right. You know. That's right. Yeah. So, so and, good, did... and good on you for talking about it. I appreciate well, it. Well, yeah. again, it's like I've got nothing to hide on that and, and it's actually empowering for me now to actually discuss it and awesome. and, and and actually I, I know there's other people that have had issues or have issues or, or may, may have issues in their future. Uh, re- regardless of what that might be, and yep. I think I'm I'm trying to say is that that y- the show will go on, yeah, yeah. And you got to have faith in yourself, and it actually it, these things are sent to try us. So you've got a choice. Yep. Take it on, and focus forward. Yep. Take a deep bre- breath and get on that horse and mm. keep going, or you don't. Mm. Now we all know what happens if you don't. Now don't mm. get me wrong, I had certainly many times of. Wanting to give it all up and 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 just stay in my room, and I did have to retreat for a number of weeks before the second second surgery because I just couldn't physically do it anymore. I just yeah. was getting too tired. Right. Now, funny story how that all came to be is we were playing at the Guy Mia Hotel with with the Australian Trilogy Show and um, Mark Marriott, who I, I said I mentioned before, the, the drummer and, and great friend. He uh, after that show, he I remember. He, he, we loaded out and he said, oh, look, before you go, I just want to see you for a second. So I'm out of the car and, you know, sort of my part, partner at the time, she'd uh, pack the car and, and uh, next minute Mark comes up and he kind of goes, look, hey, um, and all the other boys in the band there are with him. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was waiting for the whole, oh, look, we're all, we're all leaving. We, we can't do the show. We're not going to do the show. We don't want to do it anymore. You're, you're shit. Oh, Li- like literally. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, and it was 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 nothing like that at all. It was purely Mark going, look, and he he, he was speaking for himself for himself, but it was pretty much what the other guys were feeling too. Is it? He just said, look, Cookie, we we can't watch you suffer anymore. And like you said, on stage, no one would have any idea. I'd have a little bit of restricted movement sometimes, yeah, and I'd have to hold my guitar out. Away from the side, and which probably looked fucking. Cool. It looked a bit, well. It was. I tell you what. I got cramp. <laughs> I got a big cramp. And of course, I'd go from electric guitar to, to acoustic. Now, yeah, acoustic right. guitar sitting on top yeah, of this yeah, thing, the vibrations yeah. was like. Well, that puts another whole spin on vibrator. You know, it's very <laughs> weird, and not in a good way. You know. So, um, anyway, Mark said, "Look, we. I, I just can't watch you do it anymore. So I, I'm stopping." And I went. I kind of broke down, and I went. And then I realised what he's saying and I said, thank you. 
Because that what that said to me is it's time to stop. Yeah. And just let the next – and that was, I think, seven or eight weeks before I had to go in for this next surgery. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much the tap on the shoulder, just down tools, mm. rec- let yourself get right and go into this next phase of surgeries in the best condition you can be because I was going to hit the wall and I was yeah. going to hit the wall big time. Mm. Uh, so even today, I, I every time I see Mark, it's like, well, God, mate, you – you kind of saved my life. You saved it. You mm. saved in, uh, you know, a lot of self destruction and and all the rest of it. So so that was that. And then went in for the next surgery, and uh, there was another open cut surgery. A lot of the other ones they can do laparoscopic, but it was you know. So I've been opened up three, four times, and it's you know they did that, and then <laughs> the crazy story is that it actually failed again. Oh fuck, man! But only failed in a sense that uh, it, it's, the join of the bowel had just a slight slight uh, um, diversion, slight little leak and they weren't going to operate again. So it was pretty much nil by mouth for 60 days. I had a feeding tube. Uh, this, they put a line in your arm and feed you this, this liquid and keep this like high-protein liquid and keep you alive. But you can't, couldn't, couldn't even drink water. Um. So 55, 56 days, nil by mouth, and then it was literally we did CT scan after CT scan and just check how things are going. Going, and then my surgeon said, "Look, it's just we're just going to get you eating, and we'll see what happens." It was one of those ones because the last thing they wanted to do was go back and open me up and go round again um, with this this damn thing. So subsequently, it, it was all fine in the end. I got out of hospital on the first of February last year for the last time. And took it real easy, but got back to, to gigging. Yeah. Was terrified to eat for weeks and weeks yeah, and weeks yeah, and I weeks. Can, can imagine. Kept thinking that it was all going to go wrong again. Lost a lot of weight and then went the other way a bit. Kind of went, oh, no, this is all good. So you know, started <laughs> to go, oh, I'm going to eat bloody everything and bugger it, you know. Yeah. Um, and long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Um, everything's working the way it should. Awesome. Um, and... Uh, it's kind of slowly becoming my past rather than something that's been holding me back from, from doing a lot of things. Mm. And I, I, I said last year when I got out of hospital, I'm just going to do everything I want to do as far as music now. And, you know, I did a few little shows of stuff I've always wanted to do and, and we've carried on with the, the trilogy shows and, you know, the chosen few, whatever. And I've got a, a little original thing I'm going to do. I've got some songs I need to record and... You know, I've got some some of that stuff to get off my chest as well. So mm. that's what I'm doing as well at the moment and that's that. That's that phase over, right? Awesome, yeah. There you go. I yeah. made it. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> made it again. Congratulations. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. How long until you started playing again? So after that last one, well, it was a little while. Yep. Um, and, of course, even during that, you know, you're, you're, you're projecting forward on, on what supposedly was to be the perfect world where you, you know when your surgery is going to be. You go, okay, I'm going to do six, seven weeks recovery. I'll book dates, you know. Oh, right. For, for up to, you know what, how booking world works. It's right. six months, eight months, 12 months in advance. So I'd always go, okay, well, I'll And that's a good start. positive way of thinking too. Well, yeah. Instead of going, focus. oh, there's going to be something wrong. I better yeah, not yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always yeah. went, I'll, I'll do the bookings and blocks and yep. they'll give me something to work towards, right? Cool. Awesome. And and I would. I, I remember just going, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got to be ready for here. 
Yep. Um, there was a period when some of the stuff went pear-shaped that I had to cancel dates. Mm. And, yeah, absolutely, you, you just can't do them. You've got to cancel mm. them. Mm. Um, but I'd always gone, okay, well, so I think, uh, so out of the February and I think so much, April, I think I, I think maybe seven weeks later, eight weeks later, I did the first gig back. Yep. And uh, was it still a bit weak and, and, and yep. I had to keep keep a brace, you know, like a Velcro brace around my gut just to keep me supported. And, okay. Um, you know, and off, but off and running and you just sort of, you know, take it easy and build your strength up. And, and again, you know, performance is an is amazing uh, mindset in itself, right? Yep. Just the fact of getting on stage and, and doing what we do and getting in front of people is... Is, is an amazing process in itself. But when you've come through an illness and that almost becomes a, a, a part of your healing and, like I said, you're focusing forward to that. And um, like I said, if, if I didn't have that in place and I didn't have those dates there to work towards, things might have been, a, you know, might be a bit different, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, it didn't take a long time. Um, took as much time as it needed to for me to feel good enough to get up and do it. But, uh, you know, I still had to sort of take it easy. And I still yeah. take it easy to a point now, although, you know, when I say take it easy to a point, well, nothing – it's not stopping me doing anything. Right. Um, anyone that's had any abdominal surgeries or any surgeries, you know, yep. you're you're wary of, of that part of your body. Sure. And – there's still discomfort and pain. I, you know, I mean, I get up in the morning and go, oh, yeah, that's that's where those slices down the gut were. Yeah, right. You know, you still feel it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're not we're not 21 anymore, you Definitely. know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about Funkstar. Yeah. Right. So you had a bit of a list of who's who's in that band, eh? Oh, and, abs- and a few, few of those people I've had on the show. Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, a lot of drummers, I think, went through. So you've probably had – oh, even Dario and bass I, I, player. Yeah, Dario. Ha- yeah haven't, haven't spoken to Dario. Yeah, but, um, speak to Dario. He's got a yep. – he's an absolute legend. He'll buddy, he'll keep you busy with his long list of yeah, career yeah, highlights. Sure. My God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, but, um, Diana? Diana was on the show? Diana Rivers did, yep. a, did a, a bunch of dates with Funkstar during the period. Um, yep. uh, Tiffany Wood from, from Bardot, Bardot yeah, was right. part of the yep. – Part of the lineups because it was a, a multi line became a multi lineup kind of corporate cover show. Right. Um, we still who, play whoever was available type thing. Well, yeah, but it became you know this was an act that uh, we we got it to the stage where it would do three functions on a Saturday night. There'd be Funk Star One, Funk Star Two, Funk, oh, right. Funk Star Three. Right. Um, all high quality, of you course. know, high quality people and 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 um, pretty generic kind of show and, and set list. Um, right. A lot of different front front guys and girls. Marty Worrell um, was was one of the guys that would do a lot of the dates. Marty was one of the um, Australian idols from from back in the day. One of the top ten guys. Right. Um, um, Diana Rivers, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Kamen was the was the original male singer with that band, and um, absolute you know powerhouse Andre. And he's and he's, he's doing the Sunday sun, sexy Sunday jam now, isn't he? He's doing all sorts of sorts stuff. of things. Yeah, yeah right. all sorts yep. of stuff. And he's still a musician and still singing and fronting, but he's he's diverse. He's you know he's sort of doing all sorts of things uh, with um, with with social media and and um, 
well, from what I perceive, kind of, you know, life coaching and empowerment and yeah, right. healthy living and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he, he, was, he was the original sort of lead, lead singer with that band and um, a guy called Raymond Sheck was the guitarist and, um, and, um, and George X, bass player. And a guy and a drummer, James Paul. You know James? I don't know James. Okay, James Paul, yeah. Um, so Dave, that, that, Dave Ferry? Dave Ferry did a bunch of dates. Yeah, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Uh, even I think Dave Sleeshman did some dates at, at, yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, another guy called Ephraim. Um, yep, he's you a know, drummer. Ephraim. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, look, lit- literally every everybody. Yeah, lo- right. A lot of people. Awesome. You know, it was, was, there'd be, you know, and it was a six piece lineup. So, you know, uh, you know, there'd be eighteen people working on in that sh- that that brand on a Saturday night across three different events and three wow. lineups. You know, um, um, yeah, and uh, and Virginia Lilly, mm-hmm. Virginia was one of the the girl singers um, that was that was you know doing a lot of lot of those dates during that period. Um, so, would that having the, the funk star one, two, three, yeah, were the people that were booking? The bands, or booking Funk Star, did they realise that there was a? Ab- absolutely right. So they yeah, would, yeah. would they ask for a particular lineup? They would. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. That's so it got, and that's the way we kind of marketed it. I, I, you know, the idea was that well, we were getting so many inquiries for that that band and brand yep. um, that we couldn't field enough. We we couldn't fill them all. So and and primarily the corporate stuff. Um, so we just basically made it that you could pick and pack your own lineups to a point. You oh, know, right. there okay. was there was certain clients, corporate event producers that liked certain lineups. They liked the Andre and Tiffany lineup, or they okay. liked, you know, as far as the front people. I mean, the band themselves were the band. That wasn't really the deal okay, breaker. It was right. more about the front the people. Front two, right? I, I mean, it just is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from no, no, the no, amazing, no. you know, all the musicians that were part of the, 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 the lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was that, you know, you can kind of design your own lineup. Right. Um, a lot of the time it didn't matter. A lot of the time it wasn't a request. It was just, well, the brand was strong enough, the quality was strong enough, and um, and myself and, and, and Ray and the guys that, you know, were, were part of it in sort of, you know, them, them on stage and, in you know, sort of behind the scenes with it as well were always <clears throat> pretty, you know, um, pretty clear on the fact that it's got to be high quality. It's got to, you know, it's got to, it's got to be like a nonstop show, meaning there's a lot of segues and it's not just song after song. It's, it's, you know, pretty much a high energy dance covers rock pop dance, you know, Um, funk, funk. Yeah. 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 Well, medleys, but not, yeah, not medleys in the sense of what you might think a medley is, but just stuff that would, they'd be in the middle of a song and then that would drop out. Drummer keeps the groove. They okay. build, build it again. Okay, might maybe time change into it. It's just segueing stuff. Clever. They were very. Everyone was so good in the band that, and they'd always be watching. And Ray was very good as a as a Ray Sheck would be. Was always very good as a musical director with that sort of stuff. And George. Uh, and they had, you know, some of the best players you could get. Um, so the quality and the the quality of what they were putting out and the quality of the players just was 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 married together really well mm. you know so 
So yeah, that was a quite a, a unique thing for the Sydney market to to see a you know a cover band um, become a a multi lineup brand, um, right. and think- that was like that for probably ten ten years, maybe eleven years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that happens much now? Um. I can't think of. Well, not really. I mean, I think mean, I know Sweet As. Yeah, yeah. Sweet I mean, As do it a little bit. Yeah, they'll. they'll yeah, they're but great. Yeah, but yeah. but with them, it's basically the same. Got same people playing, maybe two or three a night. Yeah, but I think the same two front people are bouncing between those. Absolutely, those three and yeah, you know, yeah they might yeah. have a. Well, it's like all of it. Yeah, they, there's always a core. With these core to the to the to the to the the people that are there, there's there's right. two or three people that are, you know, the the main sort of right, whoever's bouncing from lineup to lineup or from mm. from you know whatever they're doing. So it's yeah, it, it, mm. it works. Mm. Yeah, but no, I don't I don't I don't know whether there's anyone kind of that was had done what 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 Funkstar had done. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bands that kind of came from that. Right. And have gone off and do other things. I mean, Funkstar's still a band that's that's available today. It's oh, just it, okay. not. It's. I mean, it's something that you know. If I get an inquiry for it, and oh, you're, you're we still, still put, Funkstar's put the still line. Your, your, yeah, yeah, okay, right, yeah, awesome. yeah. But it's it's not it's not driven, and and the supply and demand isn't there. Plus, everyone that's involved in it is doing other is, things. Is mm-hmm. so much doing other things. Yes, but it's it is it's still a. It's still something, yeah. That's <laughs> you know, cool. but like everything, everything kind of can run its course, and life goes on, and and whatever. But um. And I guess, like you said, with these multi-line things, even with this this trilogy show concept that I came up with, it was yep. not 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 like Funkstar, but in the fact that you have a brand and a concept brand um, that becomes a multifaceted thing. So the trilogy show can be like before I got ill, the idea was to run out Australian trilogy, which was the tribute to the three acts I said, and then to do American trilogy. Okay, and that could be. You know that could be, you know, Tom Petty, yep. um, Eagles, yep. Springsteen, right, right. Three tribute to three three artists. Yep. Um, you could do UK trilogy. Well, yep. God, there's thousands, of, and oh, there's yeah. thousands of configurations of all of this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. again, it's more for the club market. Yeah, you sort away, of oh, don't give away all your secrets. Oh here, man. no, no, hey, they're already bra- <laughs> they're already branded and ready to go. Have, like awesome. Yeah, come at me, everyone. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was the idea with that. And I guess that's, I guess like we're saying, where you have a concept brand but it, all these other offshoots to it sit under it. Right. Right? So the trilogy show is a business brand. Yep. But the concepts under it can be anything. Awesome. And configurate, as long as that's the word trilogy, obviously by definition is three. Yeah. So you've got to have three of three, something. Yeah, per night. Could be three. Yeah. 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 It could be three in it. Could be three albums. Could yeah, be right. three. Yeah, three right. female oh, singers. That's very clever, it could be, th- you know, could be anything. It could be the movie soundtracks to three movies. Right, clever. Whatever. There's the scope is enormous. Yep. So, and again, if anyone out there listening wants to be involved in that, got any ideas? Yeah. I got millions of them, but yeah. you want to you want to do gigs and get involved in it? Let me know because you know. Yeah, this all episode was written. brought to you by the <laughs> yeah by the trilogy, <laughs> the trilogy show. show. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's 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 all that kind of. That's how all that kind of came about. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, we everybody knows about you know the changing Sydney atmosphere and you know the gigs are different, and such and such, and gigs are dying off. When you were sick and you came back, mm. sorry, let let me just rephrase that. When you when you got sick, were you consciously thinking, well, 
um, the gigs that were there may not be there and were you trying to keep sort of working at those or did you just break away and and just hope it was there when you got back? Well, I had to break away but at the same time and this is where, you know, a lot of people would say to me, oh, you know, you're lucky, mate, you you know, you've you've got a big network and, you know, you can just – pick up the phone and get a gig anywhere doesn't, and it's like, no, I, I, don't, I don't get any special treatment. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. A gig's a gig and you're all competing. And one thing I know is that, you know, even with some dates that I had to cancel during that time, mate, the vultures are all flying around yeah, sure ready to grab right. anything. they got any wind of a weakness. It's like, you know, if there's a weakness, yeah, right. someone's going to come in and grab and, and, and capitalise on that, right? Because a gig's a gig. Money's money. That's what it comes down to. But... um. Yeah, I mean, momentum is the thing. you got to keep your momentum going. Now, if you go off the radar, and same with social media, you've got to keep yeah. that content and keep in, in front of eyeballs. And, and, and uh, you know, so I, I, I went, well, I, I can't be too worried about that. Um, but I did have to get back in and shake the tree again and, yeah. and start pushing and going, hey, I'm not – dead, I'm, I'm actually still doing what I've always done right? and I'm available. Here's the dates. Off we go again. Um, so, you know, people that are close to me in agent world and other musicians or whatever, I mean, they know. They know yep. how, how that all works. Yep. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, I've been looked after to a point, you know, in that people go, yeah, yeah, cool, we, we, we trust what Cookie does and he puts a good show on and... Um, you know, he's a pro, whatever. There's, there's no risk. If he says he's sick, he's sick. If You know, if he can't do the shows, he can't do the shows. But now he's back. You know, I mean, testament is to, you know, obviously what you can see I do as far as dates and whatever. Yep. I'm all right. I'm still working, you know. And I think, um, like I said, people that know you know that. If, if people think they can capitalise because they think you've gone to ground, well, Good luck, but you know what? I'll I'll be turning up at the gig you just played at next week. You know, hello, yeah, yeah still yeah. here. You know, <laughs> so you know it's that still it's a dog eat dog world in the industry, right? right. You know, but um, momentum you got to keep that momentum going. Mm. You know, mm. and uh, we're all getting we're all getting older. You know, and there's a new whole world of of uh, dance bands, yep. younger demographic bands. Yep. R&B stuff, whatever. Um, There's some that's mo- a, that's a big market, mate. players out there too. Oh, hell yeah. This, well, these, these young dudes, mate, there's a lot of great players. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, you performed a bucket list show with a set of Neil Finn material. And oh, so you want yeah. to talk a little bit about that? Oh, well, I just uh, – I'm, I'm a big – you know, being a Kiwi and stuff, and, and melodically and, and whatever, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Neil Finn, a big fan of anything that Split Ends did and, and obviously Credit House and, you know, Tim Finn as well, but for some reason I just had this kind of affinity with, with Neil and his mm-hmm. material and um, and we do we do a lot of Credit House stuff with part of the Australian Trilogy show, which I enjoy doing. Um, but I just, there was a lot of material that I've always loved and doesn't really transcend into um, the, the pub sort of um, audience. Right. A lot of the ballads and a lot of the slower sort of, you know, cooler stuff that, that Neil does and, yep. and even some of his solo stuff and whatever. And so I just went, oh, look, I want to do that. So we did. We just did sort of five or six shows um, earlier this year with that and it was really just for me. Just 
I want to sing some of that stuff. So, that's so cool. I did, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So while we're talking about Neil Finn, what are your thoughts on him and Fleetwood Mac? Well, I think, you know, I think, I think it's amazing. Let's, I think it came out of left field for a lot of people. A lot of people scratch their heads and go, what? But it absolutely mm. makes a lot of sense. Mm. But, you know, a nod to Lindsay Buckingham, mm. you know, crikey, you know, any time he's left Fleetwood Mac, they have two people replace him, two guitar players. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, he's an absolute <laughs> yeah. phenomenal yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mike Campbell from Tom Petty's band. I mean, again, perfect, perfect picker for that. Um and I think just I think initially you kind of get your head around, okay, Neil, yeah. The more it kind of washed over people, I think there's staunch Fleetwood Mac lovers that are going to go, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. You know, us Kiwis, yeah. we're going to go, hell yeah, yeah chores, bro. bro. Like yeah. that's, that's perfect, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm going go to the, I'm gonna go to the show coming up yep. at, um, at the stadium, whatever it is, um, and can't wait. I just can't wait. To, it's just it's quite surreal. To mm. think that, because we still look at, I mean, like, he's world renowned, but, yeah, you know, us Kiwis go, little Neil Finn, like, yeah, that's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm quite interested, and I've watched a little bit of footage, yeah. and, and, and I think initially the first couple of, I think, promo shows that they put out, I thought, oh, his voice, maybe, I don't know. Don't know. Um, but I'm sure now he's got however many shows they've done so far on the world tour. Everything I'm still still seeing and hearing is is just killing it, you know. Mm. And it's but it's quite a unique marriage, right? You know yeah, that, yeah. that they that uh, um, Mick Fleetwood and Stevie Nicks went, yeah, let's let's look at Neil Finn, you know. What a great idea! Of all stranger the pe- things that happen, yeah, yeah. Of all the people, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what. Who else would you? I mean, I suppose there's millions of people you could you could think of. I can't write this ne- this I minute, know. but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, but I, I mean, I'm not Fleetwood Mac, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know. Do you think they'd maybe go with someone ex- a little bit obscure? Oh, I don't know. Well, you look at it right. It's, I mean, look. So, so uh, uh, don't dream it's over. So, Crowded House. What like was it number two? Went to number two in America. Um, or did it actually get to number one? I can't bloody remember. Anyway, the Americans. You talk to an American today, they'd probably go, who? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, a oh, bu- okay. bunch right. of people All would right. go, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Or, yeah, cool, yeah, um, Neil Finn. Yeah. I guess I'm but, just thinking this from this side of the planet. Well, this is it. Yeah. So I think, you know, as far as the American market, I mean, UK is different because, as you know, Fleetwood Max, well, UK, American, what is Are they? Are they a UK band? Are they an yeah, American right. band, right? Um, And I think, uh, you know, um, if you're thinking someone more obscure, well, to a lot of the American market, Neil Finn would be obscure. Right, gotcha. I, I would say. Yeah, true. To a lot of people. I mean, you know, a lot of people would have other opinions maybe, but um, but I think musically it's a perfect fit. It really is, you know. And Neil's actually a, quite an underrated guitarist. He's a great, yeah, he's yeah. A great player. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, the m- melodically, like just probably – you know, he's written some of the most incredible melodies. Yep. And the melodies with with uh, Fleetwood Mac, just amazing stuff. You are, know, they, like, are they writing though? I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. Mm. I thought this was just a big cash cow. Let's go and run it out. And Lindsay doesn't want to do it. So let's, let's God knows how much they're paying Neil Finn to do it. Yeah, Lindsay's not happy about it, eh? 
Oh, well, you know, <laughs> what, what can you do? <laughs> He'll come back around, you I'm watch. Sure he will, yeah. Can't he go out with his own Fleetwood Mac? Yeah. Call it something else? Yeah. Well, Lindsay Mac? <laughs> yeah, true. Who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe the lawyers are all over that already. Yeah, Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll probably never, ever know. No. Yeah. No. Oh, I forgot to mention, I forgot, we were talking upstairs before before we started and I should have mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about New Zealand, but tell us about your Uncle Weasel. My Uncle Weasel? Yeah. Okay, well, so um, so this is going back into the, the days of the Maori show bands um, and, uh, you know, with Howard Morrison and and, uh, and all that sort of stuff and uh, there was one of the, the, the big show bands that come out of New Zealand was called the Quintickies. And my uncle Weasel was part of that. He was the guitarist with them for for many many years, and uh, so they'd spend a lot of time here in Sydney playing. They played all over that, but they they did play a lot in Hawaii and through Vegas. And uh, he ended up, I think, I think he, he was living in Vegas until he died. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, any anyone out there that remembers that uh, era. Uh, in either New Zealand or, or here in Australia. Um, they spent a lot of time at the Cross playing back in the day. Um, and, I mean, I was I was only a young fella. I can hardly remember him. But my family would always talk about my Uncle Weasel. And uh, and you'll have a look. There's a couple of clips online of the Quintickies. And they'd be part of the movies there were those black and white movies that Howard Morrison was acting in back in the day, right. and and the Quintickies were part of those movies, and they'd be, they'd do a lot of tricks. They were the trick band, you know. You'd have the guitar player or two guitar players and the bass player in a line, and they'd all be playing. They'd all have hands over them, their instruments, playing each other's neck, like the playing the the the, the, the licks. Yeah. Uh, you'd have the drummer doing stick flicks and yeah, standing cool. up and walking around the kits and a lot of showy, showy stuff that back in the day was just like mesmerising to watch. Yeah. The coordination they had with it and um, the skill, like just incredible Maori musicians. And uh, there's been a bit of a resurgence with that as from what I can tell in New Zealand. Um, uh, even it, uh, you've heard of Te Papa down yeah, in man. Wellington. Yeah, there, man. I've never been there, but I've yeah. been, been there a few times. What's it like? We yeah. were just there last year. Oh, oh really? It's, it's awesome. Well, there's apparently a whole lot of stuff on on the Quintickies and, and a whole bunch of the other Mary Show bands. There's areas of at, at Te Papa that have are dedicated to that now. Is and, that fairly recent? Well, maybe it is. Yeah, I yeah this is what I'm hearing. It. Again, yeah. I haven't been, so I'm, I'm yep. not 100% sure, but um. But yeah, yeah, I'm just name dropping. You know, that's yeah, my, awesome. that's my uncle that's Weasel, Weasel. You know, Weasel, that's yeah. incredible. It's just amazing. I, I still watch some of those uh, those clips and just go, wow, that's a whole different world. Yeah, whole right. different world. Yeah. But, so is some of those clips on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What what I'll do is I'll find some links. Yeah. And, or ask you to find me. Yeah, some I've links. got a couple. Yeah, I'll, I'll send uh, them. I'll, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now you um, were on the Voice this year. Oh, well, no, yeah, no, well, yeah, no, not on it. I got, I got invited to audition and, um, I didn't make the cut for, for the on-air stuff, um, but was definitely flattered and, 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 you know, proud to be part of the whole audition process. I got through the first two rounds and, and, uh, got called in to do the key check, which they then pretty much pick the, the, the cast to go, to do all the, uh, on-air shows when they go and do the live shows um and you know got to do had to do all the you know the backstory and do a film a day in the life of and 
and uh, and all the rest of it. But I didn't get didn't make the the, the final cut of it. But it was just a nice part of you know my, my kind of recovery after the couple of years yeah, I right, had to okay. to go in and be a little have a little taste of how that all kind of goes and that's cool and whatever. And um, yeah, I haven't yeah. I haven't heard any too many stories about the people that. Haven't gone onto the on air. Okay, yeah, Pinky yeah. Stories about the you know the people that do. That have. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, you know, it was um, yeah. It's a it's a big machine that that's a big big yeah, big right. machine that whole uh, that whole company that does that and um, you know uh, it's great people still part of it. Um, Scotty Applin, the, um, the musical Indeed, director, yeah. he was always one of the first. First go-to keyboard players with Funkstar back in the day. Oh, so, right. okay. so uh, we kind of, you know, still sort of we, we ran into each other at the audition. He was nice enough to come out before I went in to do the second run and through through in front of him and all the producers and stuff and right. said good day and that and um, yeah, it's a it's a big big machine, big mm. machine. Um, and again, I mean, it's a TV show. You know, it's definitely a singing show. Still, a lot of people will, will probably argue about that and have their opinions about that. But I tell you what, you can't deny uh, Diana Rubis. Oh man, um, awesome. I'm so such a fan of hers. Yep. She's an incredible vocalist. She's a, yeah, she's and, awesome. And uh, that's the essence of the show. And that's, I think, you know, that's what maybe got lost a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think. A lot of people have said, and and you know, I've said it that the the public got it right. Yeah, and, uh, I voted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Voted. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, good on her, and that's 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 an amazing story. And she's you know having even doing the whole comeback thing. She she got close those couple of years earlier or whatever. And yep. um, well, yeah. I mean, she was she was on the the podcast uh, November last year. Yeah, right. And yeah, we we talked about. Her first crack at the voice. Well, she would have been right in the middle of about yeah. to be doing all her pre-records. Yeah, um, in November probably. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, she no. hadn't been given the call in then. Or was okay. It, was it? Yeah. No. No. At this stage. No. Okay. Well, right. I mean, not, not that she said, but no, she might not have said because she di- can't. It, it didn't yeah. come. It didn't come across as if. Okay. She knew at the time. Yeah, maybe not. Um, because at the time she's. Um, writing and recording her album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so she was talking yeah. about that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, looking positive to the future and, and that, absolutely. That kind of thing. Well, look, I mean, she's going to go on and do great things. Yeah, yeah. She's already done a lot of great things, but this is mm. going to hopefully kick all that up into mm. another gear. And yep. Um, and another is Natasha Stewart. I, oh I spoke my. to her. Well, Natasha, another mm. amazing, amazing story um, yeah. of survival there and, yeah, true. and, and, yep. and struggle with with what she had to go through. Mm-hmm. Another. One of the funk star crew. Oh right, awesome. The, yeah, lot of date. In fact, very early on, when there was you know Andre that, that was the the, the the main singer, um, Natasha was pretty much the when we brought a girl in. She, it was Natasha. Yeah. Um. So she did hundreds and hundreds of gigs with funk star. Awesome. The most beautiful girl. Um, yeah, cool vibe. Eh? Just so awesome. humble. Yep. Such a great vibe. Yeah, yep. yeah, and amazing to see her on the show this year. Yep. And um. Um, yeah, just a phenomenal talent, yeah, you know, yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah. Cool. So I might go back and audition again. I don't know. I'll see. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, they always say, oh, yeah, yeah, come back and come back. I mean, look, I, you just do it because you can and if you get asked, well, why not, you know. Go yeah, and, yeah. Go and have a sing. And Yeah. So what, what was your biggest takeaway from this time around? Um, oh, I think 
preparation <laughs> is, okay. is a big part. I, I was in the middle of moving house and uh, my life was upside down and was going in to do these auditions and I think I was a bit overtired. Oh, here's me trying to make excuses. <laughs> no, no. I mean, look, your story, I had a, certainly had a, a backstory that probably would have fitted the 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 uh the, what the producers might have built out of it um uh I could have probably done it slightly diff- I could have approached the audition a bit different. I hadn't I hadn't hadn't auditioned for anything for years yes so what I've taken away from that is oh okay shit this is actually an audition <laughs> right go away next time and actually approach it a bit differently so what, so were, you, what were you expecting um. No, I think I was expecting everything that that it was. Right. I think just, I think I just probably would have approached it myself a bit differently. I'm, oh, I'm, right. Okay. It's quite difficult because they give you, you, you got to do a lot of put a lot of repertoire up there that they'll pick from. But you also pick, I think, three songs, and then. Oh, well, you give them a list of songs. Well, you, you know give them and... the list, and then you, but you can nominate. The couple of songs that you want to go and sing in front of the producers, okay. right? and they actually want because you can accompany yourself if you're a guitar player or you play piano. So I accompanied myself on a couple of songs, and but then out of the list, they're going to throw at you something out of that. So you got to be very careful what you put on your list because you okay. might put a, and you got to put fifty songs on there. Oh, There's about shit. a fifty song kind of rep that they might start to pick out, and then they're going to get an idea of the sort of singer you are based on what rep you're putting up online when you when you're doing your your, your pre-audition process. Right. Um, so you've got to be prepared to, once they throw something at you, well, you've got to, you've got to throw that back at them and right. because you're going to work on songs that you want to polish for your, for your audition. So, so they, they do that on the spot. They just. They can do. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess like, any, and again, don't get me wrong, I, I haven't done lots of auditions for stuff, um, uh, but. You know, you've got to – preparation is, is absolutely everything, you know. I mean, they liked what I did. I think, it's, again, it's cast as a TV show. Sure, of course. Um, I got some good feedback and got some, you know, some tips and whatever. But, again, it's – they're casting it. So you've got to fit the whole scope of story, look, style. You know, it's, it's a, quite a vast – um, package they're putting together for a TV audience, you right. know. So, but I'll have another go. Why not? Yeah. Go and have a sing. Yeah, it must have been a trip being part of the part of the machine. Just to have a look. Yeah, yeah. And I was like an old boy there, you know. There's a few okay. other, us, us, us uh, older guys there, whatever. Right. Um, but just great to see the energy that, that, that they, they get out of you and, you know. Um, so they, they're very positive. Are they... The the, well, the crew, the producers yeah, and all that. Just the yeah, whole, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's that's like I said, that's vibe. a massive machine that's been running for a, a, quite a while now. Yeah. Um, and they've got very good good people involved. And, they're you know, there's there's a, it's quite a high – I'm sure it's a high-stress, high-turnover production. Yeah. Um, a lot of money involved, a lot of high-end production. I mean, you look at the way they do those sets. Yeah. And even just the pre-production with, yep. with recording everything and – Yep. Um, you know, I mean, the band, I mean, you know, God, you know, Michael Dolce playing guitar, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of cool people um, uh, in that that house band that mm-hmm. are doing enormous amounts of work. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, Just speaking about Michael Dolce. Yeah, yeah. Um, as of this year, he 
played all guitars on The Voice. Well, I, I was wondering whether there was a because second guitar. Usually two guitarists. Well, and, Chris Camzales was, was yeah, had Chris, been yeah, there with them for days. a couple of years. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Ma. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to him a little while back. He was on The Voice last year. Yep. And um, they had some a change in budget and he didn't make the cut as second yeah. guitarist. Yeah, right. So yeah, Michael yeah. did the yep. whole series, all guitars. So we talk about workload. That's well, this is right, right, you know, and hundreds of songs. That's all the you know all the auditions, you know all the studio, um, you know practices and the workshops and rehearsals for live performances and it's massive, far out. Man. Well, like I said, um, uh, um, Scotty Applin, right. who's the MD. Yep. I mean, you know, he's there from the he's there from day one. Yep. Going, he's, for the for the auditions going nationally, right? He's there day one, right? So there's him, there's Bride and Stace, the yep. vocal head vocal kind of coach guy, right? Um, and then a bunch of the other um, you know producers, yeah. But but Scotty's there, accompanying people on the fly, right? Working out uh, keys, and all, all that stuff. Gen- yeah. Absolute genius, yeah, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and that's a massive massive task. But this, this this just shows you, right? Musicians, yeah. mate. Yeah. That yeah. The workload doesn't matter. Once you're good at what you do, mm. they just click in and Yeah, hopefully they're getting looked after, eh? Yeah. Money yeah. Well, I have no idea. No, no, no. I've I, would never, no. I wouldn't have a clue. Well, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd got no idea. Yeah. But, um, but they're, you know, once the show's running, they're full time. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Massive, massive production. Mm. And still going. I mean. You know, I, I would assume that's going to going to keep running. There was talk of it, you know, dwindling away in ratings and all the rest of it. Not not know. after Diana winning it, I don't think. Well, who knows? It's got you another know, leg now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I, 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 for some reason, I, I thought it was contracted with ITV UK, but it's down here, obviously. And then there's a, it's it's got to run a course of, of of contract time. I mean, I don't know. I could I right. could be completely wrong. Right. But um, doesn't matter. Any any entertainment. Live on 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 national television these days, whether you love it or hate it, at least it's on television and yeah. it's accessible. There's yeah. nothing else going on. You still got your Australia's Got Talent. You got the other shows and whatever, and they're great. Whatever, whatever you want to have your opinions of those things are. At least it's entertainment mm-hmm. and it's on television and it's and it's local content, yep. right? Yep. So you can't go wrong. You shouldn't go wrong with it. It should. St- there should be something on television at least once a week from somewhere in Australia that's yeah. live. I mean, there's no bloody midday shows anymore. There's no yeah, – you remember true. Steve – so even Steve Visor. Yeah, yeah. There's no, um, you know, there's no countdowns. There's no hey, hey, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. There's nothing else, you know. Uh, it's a shame. So I think those shows that are still running at least give us that content. But, of course, it's an open book for all the haters to – you know, throw mud at it and go mad on it and, you know. Yeah. But, hey, that's life, isn't it, now? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Put yourself out there and prepare for it all. That's it. Now, what's the next six months got in store? Ah, six months. Well, um, I've uh, just got gigs and gigs and gigs, basically. Great. Just keep working. The book's full? Yeah, the, well, it's pretty full, yeah. Off to the snow for a couple of shows week after next. Awesome. Um, go for a ski. Yeah. Hadn't skied for a couple of years when I was ill, obviously, and mad skier. So oh, I can't great. wait to get down there and do that again. We went down a couple of weeks ago and did 
did two gigs. These are just little gigs, just cover gigs, but um, gets, gets me down there and yeah, gets me absolutely. Skiing, skiing for work. It's yeah, great, right? That's awesome. Um, yeah, and just going to roll out a couple of these trilogy show concepts um, over the few next few months and get those all rehearsed up and, and um, you know, uh, work till Christmas and have a little break and then – New Year's Eve at uh, the Brass Monkey with Australian Trilogy. Yep. It'll be fun. Yep. And um, bring on next year, 2020. Awesome, man. Then the year after, America's Cup in New Zealand. You're going over? Oh, I have to go over. Oh, okay. Mad sailing. You're fan. mad sailing. Oh, fan. Okay. I love it. Especially right. those catamarans. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Those, oh, it's, man. Well, they're not cats this time around. They're, they're fo- spaceships. Foiling, yeah. the foiling. The foiling. foiling. Yeah, spaceships. Yeah, yeah, they, actually, they actually oh, fly. They do. Fucking unbelievable. I get mesmerised watching yeah, yeah. it. I love it. So so I'm going to I'm gonna work on some dates over there and do some some gigs while I'm there. Oh, but great. really just want to go over and just get out in the water and watch them and drink uh, drink vodka. <laughs> <laughs> and good kiwi wine Yeah, that's it And have yeah. fish and chips Awesome Sorry, fish and chops Fish and chips Yeah Good stuff Alright, Cookie, thanks for being here with me today I'm, um, Thank you, mate yes, Appreciate it Stoked to meet you and You too, man Hang out with you for a while it Absolutely was awesome. been, um, been a big pleasure I feel very blessed to be uh, part of the Part of the Part of the team Part of the team Part of the team Yeah, yeah Very, very honoured Yeah, very awesome, honored. man no, Thanks again you too, mate. Thank right, you. Take it easy and you too. Um, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Cheer. Cheer, bro. Cheer, bro. Later.